Hi, and welcome back to Mingus on Tech. I'm Ken Mingus, Executive Editor of Computer World. I'm here with CSO's J.M. Porup. We're going to be talking about the recent uh, rash of data breaches and see what's going on. So stick around. Okay, so JM, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Ken. Um, as you well know, the last few weeks have been uh, quite wild and woolly in security land with the, uh, the big announcement from Facebook that 50 million accounts had been hacked, the announcement from Google that Google Plus accounts had been hacked. Mm. And I mean, this is, this is nothing new. These things do happen from time to time. And I'm mm. trying to get maybe from you, uh, with your security background, a little bit better sense for you know, what we're seeing here you know, why these things seem to continually happen. Mm. And, you know, if there's anything that, that either individual users or companies can do to try to, like, stave off any damage from these things. Good question. Uh, so, Facebook and Google have enormously well-respected security teams, and they spend a ton of money on security. Uh, some of the very best people in security work for Facebook and Google. They pay top dollar, and you work on the hardest problems there are. And yet they still get breached. Right. The problem is, is at the end of the day, Facebook and Google are engaged in what some call surveillance capitalism. Uh, okay, that's a new one. Wait, explain that to me. What is surveillance capitalism? Sure. So who is Facebook's customer? Advertisers? Exactly. Okay. We are the, uh, we are the product. We are the product, yeah. We are the product, not the customer. So our, uh, you know, the exposure of our data doesn't uh, receive any market blowback from advertisers because they're still able to get value out of advertising. Okay. And the problem is, is that, you know, when you have, say, Fort Knox, you need to have Fort Knox style security because that's a ton that's where of gold. All the money is. That's where all the money is. Yeah. You, you know, why do you rob banks? Because that's where the money is. You know, <laughs> there was a famous bank robber. was like, yes, why do you rob it. banks? That's where it is. That's where the money is. Yep. You know, but that's not where the money is now. Okay. The money is 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 in all of that intimate personal data, and if you amass a giant mountain of wealth, you better secure it properly. But the problem is, it is so difficult to do that security well, even with the hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever the budget is of these companies for the best security their money can buy. Right. You know, humans make mistakes. It, you know, perfect security is impossible. And when a single breach can affect 50 million people, could in theory affect 2 billion people. Every single, you know, the right flaw could affect everybody at Facebook, right? in theory. Yeah. And that's really hard to do well. Now, surveillance capitalism is we're going to spy on you to show you targeted advertising and manipulate your buying habits or your political opinions or whatever the advertiser wants to pay money to convince you to do something. This, this sounds vaguely like, you know, sort of almost 1984-esque levels of mm. watching what people are doing and then monetizing that, you know, with outside third parties, advertisers, whoever. Yeah, it's, it sounds a bit creepy. I think me. it is creepy. Okay. I, I think it is creepy. And, and I think, you know, the, the nonstop news of data breaches, even with these large companies, which such very well-respected yeah. 
Siemens for, for Security is that, you know, their fundamental business model is arguably maybe not the best for society. Yeah. You, you know, um, these these companies are really more surveillance companies than social networking companies. And when a very large corporation is able to acquire that much intimate personal data about you know, not just all Americans, but practically half the planet at this point. And Facebook wants everybody on Facebook. Um, that extreme concentration of wealth and power attracts the world's best attackers. Okay. And so, you know, it's interesting. I just want to pause for one second because I think given the number of times over the years you, you see these reports about breaches from mm. social media companies, all companies in general, mm. um, hearing you say that, that both Facebook and Google have smart, you know, intelligent security folks working for them. The best in the world. You know, because it, it, it's sort of, which is good to hear because mm. I think a lot of people, when they see these breaches over and over and over again, they think Facebook doesn't know what it's doing. And what you're saying is they're being targeted by the best of the best in terms of hackers and mm. the best of the best that are trying to defend against those hacks. Mm. And so there's like a little bit of a war going on all around us mm. daily, constantly, trying to get at this Fort Knox of you know, private information. Is that is that a good way to That's absolutely be thinking correct. about this? Okay. No, 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 like, I mean, I, I, I cover security for CSO, and uh, the researchers and, and um, security people who work for Facebook and Google have enormously well-respected reputations. These, okay. these people are the best of the best, and yet they still get breached. It's not that right. Facebook is being incompetent. I mean, far from me to accuse Google or Facebook of not doing everything within their power to secure their users' data. I, I, I I don't. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that for a second because okay. because they they are doing everything they possibly can. But the real key takeaway is the best they possibly can is still not good enough and is not likely ever to be good that enough. That was what I was going to say. This sounds like sort of like the Cold War arms race. You know, just as soon as a company puts in layers of security that will protect its users or the data, then the hackers are going to find some way around that. Then, mm. you you know, you just get this constant up and up and up. Mm. Is there is there um, any way, will we ever be secure? Will our data ever be really truly secure, do you think? Well, the, the best way to secure data is not to collect it in the first place. Okay, or share it if you're an individual user. Well, you know, it's hard because, uh, you know, we like to talk about the free market and competition and like if you don't use Facebook, use something else. But that's not really an option. I mean, yeah. you know, Facebook is a monopoly. You, you know, um, is, as uh, security extra expert Bruce Schneier likes to put it, if you're not in Facebook, you don't get invited to the cool parties. It's true. You know, I haven't been to a cool party in months because I've been sort of avoiding Facebook ever since the Cambridge <laughs> Analytica stuff. So it's like no one knows where I am or what what I'm doing now. So, uh, you know, um, it's, 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 you know, saying, you know, let the market decide in a situation with a, a monopoly player is disingenuous at best. Right. It's like saying, oh, you're a user of Ma Bell in 1970s America, go use a different landline provider. <laughs> it's right. like, okay, that's cute, but yeah. uh, either you're being disingenuous or you're just, you know, being stupid. Right. You know what I mean? And it's the same situ situation with Facebook. I mean, there is no free market uh, regulation, self-regulation in, in a monopoly situation. And, uh, you know, because of the, of the extreme difficulty of, of adequately securing sensitive data, the best strategy is always just not to collect it, but that doesn't work with Facebook and Google. That's its whole reason that, for being. That is why these companies exist. If they didn't spy on you, they would go out of business. Right, that's, that's what they do. That's, that's how they make their money. Yeah. If they don't spy on you, they have no way to exist. 
Okay, so you've got a situation where you've got two companies that are incredibly powerful and de facto monopolies in the field that they're in. Mm. You've got a user base of billions or a couple of billion anyway. Half the planet. Now half the planet. And the way these things have woven themselves into our social culture, if you're not part of it, you're really you're really sort of on the outside looking in at what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Um, so that being the case, what, if anything, can, well, let's assume that Facebook's going to continue, you know, surveilling its users and Google too and, and others, Instagram, whichever ones. Um, as users and as companies too, you know, outside companies that rely on, on you know, Facebook and others, um, what can be done to try to bolster security? I mean, you see things like two-factor authentication, things mm. like that. Does that is that going to make any difference at all here, or does that sort of like a band-aid? No, it's a fair question. So, two-factor authentication is something that that all of, all of our viewers should be using for all of their accounts, if possible. Okay. And that prevents account hijacking or account takeover. Right. But that doesn't stop um, breaches on the server side. Okay. Uh, you know th yeah. that that can make sure only me, I, that way two-factor two authentication proves that I am me to Facebook or Google, right? And no one else can pretend to be me. But once the data is on Google's server and there's a breach on the server side, you have no way to stop that. That's that's a different category of of a problem. Uh, and we, what we've already established that users in a monopoly situation can't really go somewhere else, um, and which really leaves us with you know in classic free market um, economic theory, in, in a monopoly situation, the appropriate response is government regulation. Right. If you have a trust, then you bust the trust. Yeah. If you have an oil monopoly, you bust the monopoly. If you have a phone monopoly, you bust the monopoly, because that's in the interest of society. Yeah. The free market's not going to encourage innovation and good security and you know the, the overall well-being of society if a, if a monopoly player can just do whatever they feel like, or be lazy, or incompetent, or you know, um, keep doing whatever they feel like doing, basically. It's interesting because it, it seems like, at least in the current climate here in the U.S., you know, uh, there's been a lot of talk over the last five or ten years about needing to bolster privacy regulations and what companies can collect and how they handle it. You've got the GDPR stuff coming in from Europe, um, you know, earlier this year. But it doesn't feel like the climate in the States right now is... Uh, looking favorably on new regulation on companies. If anything, it's the opposite. It, it's more like a Wild West, free market rule, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if there's no government regulation, no way of sort of, you know, putting, putting into law what, should, what these companies should be doing and how best to safeguard this stuff, uh, what do we do? We at the mercy of, of lack of government, hackers out there, companies doing their best but failing? No, for the foreseeable future, or what? Well, it's a fair question, and I'm glad you raised GDPR because uh, GDPR. Uh, I, I read GDPR as shots fired against Facebook and Google. Okay. Uh, and primarily, uh, not. I, I would say primarily. Maybe yeah. because they're the biggest. They're the, the 800-pound gorillas in the room, so they're the ones that are need to pay most attention to it. Well, you know, let, let, let's say you sell refrigerators and you're collecting user data to sell them more refrigerators. Your core business is making and selling refrigerators. Your, right. your core business is not spying on people. Right. You know, so if, it, if the, the fridge Hello, maker... Smart refrigerators. Still, still, you, coming. Know, you know, maybe that adds 5 to 10% right, 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 yeah. to their revenue. But, you know, like their core competency and their core revenue is not the surveillance aspect. Okay. So, uh, whereas that is like the bread and butter for Facebook and Google. Right. And uh, Europe ha is... The largest regulatory um, 
uh, single market in the world. They got, they got like 400 million people. And any serious global company that wants to do business in Europe, which is basically all of them, yeah. have to contend with this. And the GDPR fines are eye-watering. 4% of global revenue, I think it is. Uh, and and they're going to go after Google and Facebook. Regulators there, um, I, I think Europe sees it as a sovereignty issue. If you see 400 million people and all their data is going to a foreign country, um, you know, even if you like the United States as a European, it's just like that's still like a sovereignty issue. Yeah. Now you have all of our citizens' data. Is that good for Europe? I think many Europeans would say, uh, Maybe not. Right. Um, and beyond that, the, like while the U.S. federal government has clearly abdicated any responsibility and shown no interest in this, the state of California has. Okay. The state of California. That's right. Good point. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And where is Silicon Valley? California. California. Yeah. In, in fact, uh, because of GDPR, California is looking at sort of like a mini California version of the, of the GDPR. So you don't need to have Washington get its act together. If Europe, Brussels, and Sacramento get together to do this thing, Facebook and Google are going to have a really hard time of it. Right, they're going to have to. It's interesting, you know, one of the, one of the points you made earlier about the, the whole surveillance capitalism. I wonder if part of the problem that has not yet been resolved is that people don't really think about, you know, think about the whole Facebook ecosystem in that way. Mm. I mean, I know you, you, you know, if you're up to snuff on this stuff, you know, when when things are free, you're the product. Mm -hmm. You know, and you certainly see lots of concerns about Google around privacy, with you know, uh, data coming out of Google Maps. You know, or Waze, or you know, whatever mapping software you use. Apple makes a big, big deal about the fact that they try to protect privacy; that they don't have, you know, the data doesn't come to them; it stays on your device, mm -hmm. your phone, whatever. Um, do you think that step one is like public education here? Like people, when you log into Facebook, realize what's going on. I, I, I do think. Sorry, I'll finish with this point, but I do think after 2016 and after the revelations of how. Facebook and advertising, you know, were sort of manipulated mm -hmm. uh, intentionally or not in a way to steer people into certain political camps, possibly. Mm -hmm. I do think there's more of an awareness now that some of this can happen or is happening, mm -hmm. but I also think there's an awful lot of people who have not a clue. I'm thinking, you know, my mother is still on Facebook and demands that I come back, and it's like, Mom, there's a reason I'm not there, you know? Uh, well, uh, it, it's, it's fair because uh, this is very abstract, it's very technical. Um, a key tenet of security is is you can't rely on everyday users to be security experts. Like that, that's just not realistic. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to design and build systems that are secure by default. So ordinary people. People just want to live their lives. Right. They just want to and be, have fun. Connect have fun. with friends. Connect with old chums from school. Go to the cool parties. You know. You know, and uh, it, it's it's like so. A good comparison that uh, I like is to. Um, <clears throat> There, there's two comparisons that, that, and I'm not sure which one is the best. Okay. But both from the '60s, we have Ralph Nader and and uh, Unsafe at Any Speed, yep. and then we have Rachel Carson's The Silent Spring. Mm -hmm. Now, for for 20, 30 years, we dumped DDT in, in, into our rivers, and and we had factories polluting the environment, and you could set Lake Erie on fire, and and yeah. you know there was all this pollution. We we're like, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. 
And then people were like, oh, it's killing the birds and the wildlife. It's giving humans cancer. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's it's like bad for us as a collective society. Right. You know, like the immediate short-term harm is not there. We're making more money. We're creating jobs. The factory is building the community. We're killing bed bugs. DDT is awesome. <laughs> Rock DDT. I remember the mosquito spraying in the summer, you know, all this, the, the fog. It's like, God, it, it, that shit was everywhere. Like, you know, so it's just like there's this disconnect between the long-term harms and the short-term benefits. Yeah. And I fear that in an age of surveillance capitalism and data breaches, we're in a very similar situation to like invis invisible things are going to kill me. I mean, come on, you're being paranoid. Right. Well, you know, actually, invisible chemicals can kill you. Mm -hmm. Radiation can kill you. If there's a massive toxic waste spill in the river that you get your drinking water from, you, you you're going to pay attention. You could get very sick and die. Your family could get sick and die. Yeah. You know, and I think we're in a situation where, like, with those two revelations in the 60s, like, you know, Rachel Carson's Silent Spring, you know, we have to have an EPA, you know, no, you, you can't dump toxic waste in there. You know, companies make money when they dump toxic waste in the river. Right. It's good for the bottom line. Yeah. It's cheaper. Yeah. You know, it's good from a, a pure free market capitalism perspective. Dumping toxic waste into fresh water is a great business move. Yeah. But as a society, we're like, you know. That's probably not the best thing for society. As a society, and, and a government <laughs> represented by society says, as a society, we agree this is not okay. Yeah. And we restrain that practice. A couple of points. Rachel Carson, I think that came out in 60 or 61. EPA was created in 1970. You know, it, there's always a lag. Unsafe at any speed, I think, was written in 65 or 66. It was still several years beyond that before, you know, cars all had the, the seat belts and the harness belts and the airbags. And the, so it seems like there's always a lag between when the problem is identified. And I do think, you know, increasingly it's being identified around social media and these breaches. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, perfect example right now, the debate over global, uh, global climate change. Yeah. You know, we can see effects, you know, generally more and more people are realizing this is really happening. Mm. And yet, in some ways, at least again here in the States, we're going in the opposite direction. Mm. It's going to happen. It's going to be, you know, a, a hell on earth. Let's just get rid of all regulations. You know, I guess that's one way to do it. So do you have any sense, let's, let's go back to like hopefully a, a positive future. Um, do you have any sense, given the the number of breaches, the continuing you know news about breaches, the growing awareness of people on social media that they're the product and that their data is not necessarily safe, mm. and that the only person, the only entity that can step in and do something, a la GDPR, mm. um, is you know state, federal, even I guess even local governments in some ways could, but I think you need at least a state level to get anywhere. Mm. Um, any sense for how long it's going to take before we see the kinds of regulations and, you know, changes we need? Well, as I view here my crystal ball. Yes, please. <laughs> this, we're going to hold you to this prediction. We'll be back in five years and see if you're right. But. Well, no, I mean, I, I, I do feel that we're very much in like the early 60s of okay. those two particular cases. You, you know, I mean, uh, you know, um, absent government regulation, it's very difficult to see how things are going to change. And, yeah. and I think the government regulation is the appropriate response. Um, I think the next 12 months with GDPR are going to see um, so uh, I've spoken to, to GDPR experts, and they tell me that enforcement is going to be harsh, and they're going to look to break some fingers. They're looking to make a statement. They will yeah. find a flagrant violator, and they're going to hurt them. They're going to, they're like, you know, 
the, the European Commission fined Google for a security incident, something like two hundred and fifty million dollars mm -hmm. last year, and like they will happily lay down trillion dollar fines. Okay. You know, and, and and these companies will pay. I them. think if you put B's and T's in front of those, not fines, trillions, billions. Pardon okay, me, billion. Pardon. I was going to say no, a trillion no, no, dollar no. fine would well, certainly uh, catch attention. Yeah, you know? yeah, that would be like bankrupt Apple, yeah. which has a trillion dollars <laughs> in care. But, you know. but but yeah, no, no, like uh, enforcement is going to be harsh, and I, I think you know, looking at five to ten years out, that's very vague, very hard to say. Right. But I think on the twelve to eighteen month horizon, we are going to see a very strong enforcement posture from the European Commission, and that is going to be. Um, a loud noise in Silicon Valley. What happens after that, where we go after that in the current uh, administration here in the US, I don't see any, any movement on that. Um, what happens after 2020 is anybody's guess. Right. Um, so, uh, oh, I mean, we have still have Jerry Brown in the state house in California, and mm -hmm. he's shown willingness to sign laws that address issues like this. Um, so I'm looking to Brussels and Sacramento for leadership on this issue. And that's enough because you're not going to have two Facebooks. Right. You're not going to have Facebook, the European version, right. and Facebook for everybody else. You're not going to have, you know, you might have Google. But even with like right to be forgotten, Google's struggled to make that work in a, in a way that makes sense. So, okay. you know, um, enforcement from Europe will affect global users globally. As well it should. We're I, all in this together. I mean, Seriously, it's disappointing. You, you know, I mean, you, you you would hope that America would be leading on this issue, but instead we are we are falling further and further behind right. in, in defending citizens' um, privacy and autonomy and security, and and we're abdicating that global leadership role and letting Europe do the leading. And, and I, I think that's really unfortunate. We should be doing a better job. I do wonder if, and I, and we can wrap it up on this, but I do wonder. You know, obviously. Uh, we're talking about this in early October 2018. We got uh, midterm elections coming up, and my sense is that if there, you know, is a change at least in one one house of Congress, mm. this is the sort of thing that I could see the party out of power uh, calling attention to with mm. hearings. You know, I mean, obviously there's a breach, there's a few hearings, and then nothing happens. Um, so, you know, I guess we'll see, first of all, what the EU does, mm. uh, what California does, mm. how the elections turn out, and see whether over the next 18 months, as you say, 18 months to two years, mm. and where this goes, whether there's any serious effort to clamp down on this. Uh, and in the meantime, obviously, people need to be aware that mm. when they're having a great time on social media, it's fun, you know, that what they're get, what they're selling is themselves their data and they better hope that whoever they're selling it to is protecting it because the government's not coming to the rescue anytime soon alas no no okay great what a great discussion thanks Ken. thanks so much jm no worries for now grim as it is <laughs> that's a wrap